This podcast is powered by Adidas. Thanks to the friendly people at Adidas for supporting us. Hey, everybody, I'm Ashley Graham, and this is Pretty Big Deal. We're going to be tackling some of my favorite topics, beauty, business, owning who you are, and culture, because we need to talk about some culture. As always, I'm here with my Darcy Linda assistant Hola. and the salt to my pepper. How are you? <laughs> Good. So far away today. You? I, I know. Like this that. is a big studio. You Usually, you're like on my hip, right? I'm so excited about today's guest. She is a YouTube icon. She is freaking beautiful. <laughs> and she's also here talking about women's empowerment and some UNICEF. We're going to talk about rom-coms and we're going to also talk about the movie industry, Instagram, and some haters because how could you not talk about Instagram without talking about haters? You guys are a major part of this conversation and we want to hear from you on Instagram and Twitter at Pretty Big Deal. Also, download that Anchor app. You know where to go at your app store. You can leave me a little voicemail and I'm going to listen to it because after this we're going to have our after show and we can talk and we can sing and we can just do whatever the heck you want to do or whatever I want to do because it's my show pretty big deal okay today we've got YouTube legend groundbreaking comedian and UNICEF ambassador she is freaking amazing Lily Singh thanks for having me Oh my gosh, this is so much Don't fun. Don't you love this part when we have to be like, we haven't been sitting here for 20 minutes. So I was like, thank, wow, thank you so much for having me to the set I just saw right now. And also when you you can't actually be normal about like, we haven't met before, but right, we definitely right, right. have met before. 100%. We actually first met, and I know you remember this, but mm-hmm. hello people, we're going to let you know. We this were is on about the, us. Yes, this is about us and you knowing about us um, on the set with Carly Kloss yes, for Yes, of course, night. I remember. Uh, how did you and Carly meet? I first met Carly uh, in Italy at Google Camp. Cool. And I, I wasn't remember invited. Being, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's no. okay. That's okay. I was never invited again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being so intimidated by her right off the bat because she's she's really tall. Yes. And she's like stunningly beautiful. You might think you know how beautiful Carly is, but no, you don't. In you person, don't know. it's another level. You don't know. So I was like, oh my god, I peed a little. And she's like, really oh nice. God. You peed a little. I peed a little. Uh-huh. And then that's what really caught me off guard. She's so nice and smart not that i thought she wouldn't be yeah but she was just but you know that us models <laughs> i mean i don't want to say it, but just said it but like, <laughs> no but she's like so nice and she was so warm and welcoming to me we instantly became friends Aww. and i just adore her that's how i felt about it. actually mm-hmm. i stalked carly the first time oh, i nice, met her nice. yeah i really i wasn't famous and she was at a, a runway show and i kind of stood behind her until mm-hmm. she turned around and i was like can i have a photo with you and she goes uh-huh. sure yeah. And then next thing you know, we're And friends. then you got on stilts yeah. and then you and then I was like, <laughs> Yes, and I was like, can you come down, please? Um, okay, let's just hop into it. Let's do it. 14 freaking million YouTube subscribers. That's pretty cool. I, I wanna I wanna understand how did it start? Where did you start? Why did you start with YouTube? Yeah, well, it was 2010. Okay. I was still living in Toronto. I was getting Toronto, you don't pronounce the T by the way. If you want to sound like you belong. Wait, this is why you and Drake are best friends. That's exactly correct. Uh, That's exactly wait, that was the other thing that you did at the movie <laughs> movie night with Carly is you pretended that Drake was coming through the door. And no, Carly did that? that and I believed it. Oh, it was Carly. <laughs> and then I threw the pillow right. on her and you and I basically cried. Yeah. Um, 2010, I was still living in Toronto. Went to York University getting a psych degree, which I do have a psych degree. Full on. I have a full on psych degree, which people like to convince me I use in my comedy, but. Mm. Masters? Calm down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, mom. Stop. Don't do this to me. I mean, I never uh, went to college. It's okay. It's, I, I have views. Anyways, um, 
I honestly, I was sad. That's I just that's just the simple simplest way to put it. I was not doing something I enjoyed. I didn't want to do psych. I was following my sister's footsteps. Not that anything's wrong with her footsteps, but they were just not me. Yeah. Um, and I think I was just kind of bogged down by this idea of how I was told life has to go. You know, mm. I knew that I was going to go to university. I was going to get a degree. I'd have to find a job. A couple of years later, I would get married, have kids. And I was like, is this really what it's going to be? Because I'm, I don't feel that's right for me. And so for a long time, I was sad. For a year, I went through a really dark period. And I discovered YouTube. During that time. Wait, would you call it like depression? I would call it depression. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a little bit hesitant to call it that because I never went to a doctor and you was never, never cl- prescribed something. I know in my heart I was depressed, yeah. but I, I don't want to take credit away from that whole process. Of course. Because um, the stigma has affected me firsthand. I didn't go to a doctor. Right. But I think there are a lot of people that suffer from depression of and course. may not even know it. Of course. Yeah. Definitely. Which is why I'm so vocal about it mm-hmm. now. Because if I could go back in time, I would try to act without that stigma right. for sure. Right. Um, but YouTube during that time was just up and coming. And I remember one of my friends was like, oh, check out this video on this website. And I, my exact words were, what is this trash that's going to waste my time? I don't want to watch this. And I watched a couple of videos and I was just blown away by the fact that these people were making videos in their bedrooms just talking to a camera like they were talking to a friend. And I was like, these people are crazy. Like, this is, in, <laughs> this is an insane thing. I know but you're I, one of them. Exactly. <laughs> but I loved it. And so... Without much thinking, I uploaded a video. It was really effing bad. It was. I remember a, you talking about yes. this in an interview. Yes. How terrible your first it was video so was. So bad. I spent like it? an hour on my eyeliner. I bought a new blazer for this video. I like tried to stand up straight and talk in this cool accent. It's cringe. It's a, it was a spoken word piece. Okay. About religion, which is not up anymore. Not because it was cringe, <laughs> but because it just is not what I believe anymore. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, my second and third cringe videos are still up, so you can see them. Okay. Um. But as bad as it was, I just fell in love with this idea of like, yo, I can do what I want to do Mm. creatively Mm -hmm. and no one's going to try to mold this for me. And so without thinking, you know, I made a second and third video and it snowballed into a career I was very much so not prepared for. Do you know the moment it started to snowball and like what that video was? Yeah, it was definitely the trend that was, you know, stuff girls say and stuff guys said. Remember that trend that happened? I did a Punjabi mom's version. Oh. And so to no credit... Of myself, it was 100% the trend. My video hit a million views, and I was like, oh my God, my video. Because my first video hit 70. Okay. 70 views. <laughs> wow. And I remember back then, I still had my notifications on. Right. So I would get a notification oh, no. anytime someone oh, no. would subscribe. Oh no, you got a million notifications? Well, I turned it off before that. Oh, but the point God. I was making is I was so unpopular that I could still have my notifications on. Yeah. Um, no, don't, don't people ask you still, like, what do you do about your notifications? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, there has been a few times where I've had to restart my phone and then all the settings delete. Oh, no. And then my phone is just frozen for four hours. Oh, no. I haven't had that a problem yeah. yet. I need to get my subscribers don't up. Don't have yeah. that problem. Hello? Hello? No. Subscribers <laughs> up. Do, uh, <laughs> do your fans write to you and say, like, thank you so much for making these videos? Like, what is the back and forth with them? I'm going to start by saying I love my fans. And I know a lot of people say they love their fans, but I am truly obsessed with my fans. They really do help me when I'm feeling super down. And I mean, my job is on the internet. It can be super positive, but it can Mm -hmm. be super negative. And so my fans are amazing and I love them so much. But yeah, our our engagement is pretty open, whether it's Twitter, whether it's meet and greets that I have, whether it's uh, comments under my videos. I get a lot of gratitude for making videos and a lot of just people relating. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's the, the key of what I do is people relating. What do your meet and greets look like? Depends where it is. <laughs> you know, it depends if it's in 
Texas or India? <laughs> so, got it. So, is it like, hey, we're going to meet at this bookstore and... Yeah, like, I've been on We're going to do a group hug. Yeah. Oh, group hug. <laughs> Dang. Intense. That's You're jumping the gun here. Um, <laughs> I've been on two world tours. Okay. And so, the first one was a variety show. Okay. Where I rapped and I danced and I did motivational speaking and stand-up comedy and all that stuff. The second one was a book tour. So, I've done meet and greets for both. Got it. And... I'm not going to lie, meet and greets can be pretty exhausting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm super grateful. Because you do them, and then you fly, and then you do one, and, you, and it's like every day. Well, the book tour was especially hard because I would meet every single person at the show. <gasps> no. And some of those, yeah, some of those venues <laughs> were like a thousand people. No. So I'd do the show, meet a thousand people, then get on the flight. Because if you meet everybody, honestly, they feel special. They feel connected to you, which they are. And also for a book sale, like, your publisher helps with the book sale, and they yes. want the you know they want everyone to come. That's what to we buy did. the book, and then you get to meet them. So it's an extra incentive. But I didn't have a thousand people. I had about four hundred people mm-hmm. at each book. Still a lot. Still a lot. <laughs> it is. But you know, you sit on the chair, and then everybody wants you to stand, and I'm in heels. Oh, I don't stand. I don't sit. You sit. I did because my feet started to swell. <sighs> See, that's because really I'm smart. a big girl. And you know, you have but a little you, bit no, of salt. No, it's because you wear heels. And the heels, I mean, it's like one thing after the other. Bouse. Bouse. It's a New York Times freaking bestseller. It is. Holy cow. Um, I want to talk about it. And I mm-hmm. want to know what does it mean to be a bouse? Because I feel like it's got more definitions than than what, you know, what I think it is. Right, right. Well, you know, going back to that period of time where I was super sad, the most important lesson I learned was Every day I woke up and I was like, I just need to make it through the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what I do. I want to wake up. I want to go to bed. I just want to make it to my bed and make it through the day. And I didn't turn my life around until I changed my mentality to think, don't just make it through the day. Kill it today. Uh. Do your best today. Be present today. Do all the things you want to do today. And so being a boss is about not surviving life, but conquering life. It's about really being present, really taking in lessons, thinking critically, being proactive in terms of your happiness and just really conquering life. So it's it's regardless of money. It's really oh, about no, no, it's no. it's you. It's and you. everything you're bringing to the plate. One hundred percent. It I is like your that. energy. It is your action. It is the way you think. It's the way you mold your mind. It has nothing to do with money. Did you um, did you hear from Rick Ross after you? <laughs> you know, I thought I would. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I'm gonna get sued any second. But no, not yet. Hopefully, he, uh, he doesn't watch this and get any ideas. Could you imagine this is the thing? I was like, like, I was like, did she get sued by Rick Ross or? You know no? what? I'm gonna say though. I feel like my publishers would have had to gone through that legal process. Oh, no, they did. They yeah. did. And so I feel like Rick Ross doesn't have it copyrighted then. Um, when I wrote my book, it was like a big therapy session. Mm-hmm. And I got to think about why Why did I do this in life? And why was I so confident now? And I wasn't then. Mm-hmm. And what was the experience for you? Very similar. I feel like writing a book is such a spiritual journey, especially it when it's of the nature of self-help. Because I had to reflect literally my whole life, mm-hmm. and go back to all these experiences I had and dissect the lessons from them. So when I was writing it, I was like, what? I guess I did learn all these things, but I didn't realize I learned them until I started writing about them. That's a big thing. Like you have these aha yeah, moments exactly. of like, man, I actually have come very far. And it's like, this is why I do what I do. It's because of this experience. So yeah, there were a lot of moments writing my book where I just sat and I was like, Wow, mm-hmm. Come that a long was way. really important in my life. Yeah, what has been the biggest feedback from your fans about the book? Yeah, the biggest feedback, and it makes me the happiest as well, is you can really hear my voice on the page. So I was very adamant. I wrote every word of the book. You did. You didn't every have anybody help me. Wow. And the and the reason and how I proved this is 
it's been over a year now, but when I wrote the book, every interview I would do, I told them to pick a random page and read a sentence and I would tell them which chapter it's from. <gasps> yeah, because I wanted to prove, I was like, I have this book memorized. I wrote every single word of this book and I know it so, so well. It's so like my impressed. baby. And so the thing that really strikes me the most for my fans when they say it is, you can hear my voice on the page. Because I have the same comedy, I have my same quirks, all of that is on the page. How did you map it out? Like, what, what was that process? Because I mean, shout outs to my publisher. Um, I you know, The stuff they teach you in school, it's important because honestly, I did Maybe. the whole breakdown. Did you start with the chapters? Because that's what yes, I did. Yes, I started start with a chapter okay. breakdown yep. of what, what every chapter was going to be about. Mm -hmm. Then what the skeleton of the chapter was going to be. Hamburger essay, y'all, I'm telling you. What the skeleton <laughs> yes. of the chapter was going to be. <laughs> yes. um, I'm not going to lie. There were some all-nighters, though, where I was like, okay, it's going to be 10 chapters today. Because <laughs> writing a book is hard. It is. Yo, writing a book is so damn hard. <laughs> I don't think people understand to sit there and analyze yourself and then write in English. Like, mm -hmm. How many people know that language? <laughs> not many. You think you do? You don't. Wait. You what don't. What does that mean? <laughs> because even I, I, I also... I definitely don't. I'm a terrible reader. Oh, I'm always really? asking my team, what the hell is that word? Yeah, no. Especially when you're, like, you're on the phone with your lawyer. You're like, oh, what are you no. saying? Oh, even when I'm on the phone with Darcel, I don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> it's, it's Spanish. You, yeah. Did well, you record the audiobook though? Yeah, I only did the opening chapter. What did you do? What was that experience like, the opening chapter? Well, it was fun, because, but it was long. Okay, so and I had to keep eating apples in between because my mouth got really dry. <laughs> So they say that if you eat apples, it wettens your mouth. It, wet it wettens it, but you don't want it too wet, so you can't like keep drinking water. Is so wettens a word? It's a new word. Okay. Wetten. Can you look that up to yourself? Copyright that. Wettens and smiles. But you We're know, otherwise you. you hear that. No, I feel you. Here's the thing about the audiobook. Probably one of the most difficult experiences of my entire life. It's a dark room. I had to sit there for two hours, like nine hours a day. Reading this Wait, book. Wait, two hours, nine hours sorry, a day? Sorry, two days, nine, nine hours. hours. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, it's really That's early okay. still. Um, it's 9 a.m., people. It's so it's single, single digits still, people. Um, but then you sit there, and because I'm Canadian, a lot of my pronunciation is a little different. Oh, yeah, it's a little so weird. So then every two seconds, <laughs> my producer's like, can you say that again like this? Or your that sentence made no sense. And they just constantly would stop me, and I was like, damn. Dang. There's actually in my audiobook, no lie, I can't pronounce a word. And so I'm like. Which one? I I like, thought you had the book memorized. I honestly think it was contribute because I Contrib say contribute and I think Americans say contribute. Oh yeah, contribute. I say contribute. Contribute? Yeah. That so anyway, like I kept contribute. messing it up and I was like contribute. You know what I'm saying. It's my audiobook. It's in the recording. <laughs> my yeah. voice on the page, y'all. I honestly wish that I would have recorded the whole thing, but I just, I didn't make the time in my schedule. And now mm -hmm. I'm regretting it because everybody I talk to that has a New York Times bestseller has recorded their really? full audio. So wow. maybe that, that was- Do you think that means something? Maybe it does. Maybe I should just go back now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What kind of books do you read? Were you inspired by- I like- the combination of motivation and yeah. comedy. I think it's such a science and such an art. So like Mindy Kaling's books, love. Yep. Um, my favorite author is Sophie Kinsella. Okay. She writes the Shopaholic series. Oh, which is I have like, read yeah. that. I was obsessed. That's right. Yeah, I got in trouble when I was in class younger. so many times for reading that book when I should have yes. been paying attention. Because um, we're the same age. You're 88? Yes. 87. What sign are you? I'm 88. You're 87. <laughs> got it. So you're one year older. I'm like doing the math. I'm like single digits, y'all. What did you ask? Um, uh, what sign are you? Sign. I'm a Libra. Oh, Scorpio. Yeah. We're best friends with Libras. Really? We are. Yeah. Scorpios? Yeah. But we're not lovers with Libras. My mom's a no. Scorpio. No. 
Really? Mm-hmm. And you like your mom? I love my mom. Yeah. I, well, I mean, she's gonna watch us. So yeah, I love my mom. Mom, no, we love you. I do. My mom is the best. Um, all right, this is a great time to take a break and hear from our sponsors. Secure Thank the bag, you sponsors. Y'all. Secure the Cha-ching. bag. <laughs> <laughs> You already know the Cash App is the number one finance app in the App Store. What you might not know is that you can also put Cash App in your wallet with the Cash Card. It's the only debit card that offers instant rewards and comes packed with premium features not even a credit card can offer, like boosts. Save up to 10% at Whole Foods, Chipotle, or Shake Shack and more of your favorite spots or even a dollar off coffee every time you swipe your cash card at coffee shops across the country. The cash card puts you in control of your money with extra safety features that let you pause your card with a touch. Unlike a credit card, there are no fees ever and a credit check isn't required. We are not using the other apps anymore. Visit the App Store or Google Play to download the Cash App now and get your free cash card today. So now you are a model. Am I? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a little intimidating sitting next to you <laughs> calling me a model. Well, come on. I mean, at, at this point in the game, you've probably done enough modeling that when you showed up on the Olay um, set, mm-hmm. it just felt natural. I've gotten a little better at it. The first couple times I was on set, definitely didn't know how to leave. You're like, what, what do I do with my hands? What right. do I do with anything? The hands is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say to people all the time, you just shake out the hand and then you just rest it. That's the wow. It looks like it hurts though. You just shake it and then you rest it. See? Wow. But this hand tips with Ashley Graham, y'all. But this hand, the my finger always points out for some reason. (laughs) It must be like a tendon is tight or something. So I have to and then pull it in. So just look at your hands. So self aware. (laughs) You have to when you're a model. You're being freaking analyzed at all times of the day. Um, But I want to talk about the Olay Mm -hmm. campaign and what what was the concept behind it. So. First of all, I got to say, I love working with Olay. And I'm not just saying that because I have a partnership with them. Or because they paid you? No, I I mean, they did, but that's not why I'm saying this. I'm going to be real talk. I'm a super candid person. They called me up the first time we ever had a call. And they said, we have this product. It's called Olay Whip. It's supposed to be a sunscreen. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me stop you right there because... I don't know if you've experienced this. Colored people in sunscreen is not the best combination. When I was younger... My mom would force me to wear sunscreen when we went to amusement parks. And it would turn me purple. I always remember this. It would turn me purple. I would be a greaseball. And so I don't have a good relationship with sunscreen. Do you wear sunscreen? So I never did. I'm openly saying I never wore sunscreen. I'm that person. You heard it here first. Yes, I never did. And then Ole called me and I was like, is this actually going to be a thing though? Like, because I think it might work for lighter people, but is it going to work on my skin? And they're like, let us just send it to you. Super skeptical. I tried it and I was like, yo. God damn, this actually does work. I wear it every day. You Legit- wear sunscreen now. Legitimately, I wear sunscreen every day. Because Wait, what's the- your beauty regimen now? <clears throat> sunscreen. <laughs> I'm like, all it sunscreen. Su- it starts with sunscreen. And it ends with sunscreen. <laughs> my beauty regimen is simple. I try to wash my face and not fall asleep with makeup after a long day. And then I try to drink two glasses of water. You only drink two glasses. Uh, if of- I drink two glasses of water, it's a good day. What? Wow. Yeah, it's, I'm not wow. great at drinking water. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
well, you're gorgeous otherwise. Oh, you're so sweet. But uh, yes, that's 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 how the Olay campaign started off. Once then, I knew they weren't BSing, I was like, I would like to work with you. And what's the tagline behind it? It's face anything. Face anything. So we're anything. fearless like that. We can face anything. And I also saw a video online where you said, like, I'm not too much of anything. Yes, exactly. So super cool. There's a campaign right now on Times in Times Square. Hey, no big deal. I oh know my, my billboard is next to Beyonce behind like beside Jay-Z and Beyonce's. So it's a big deal. Um, Wait, and also you're in the issue, the September yes, issue, Beyonce's. Yes, yes, yes. I am. Wow. I'm in it also. Are I've got a David Yurman campaign. Look at me. I'm such a jerk. I just went straight to my page and didn't even look at <laughs> I didn't look at yours either. Yeah, no, I'm just I, kidding. I just, <laughs> get, she's like, I did to prep for this podcast, but otherwise. <laughs> oh, you know when your abs hurt and you laugh so loud? That feels Am so I doing good. That? Great. Yes, thank you, Lily. Um, it's yeah, it's about how people call women too anything, anything. like too outspoken, too bold, too fat, too ambitious, too. too Pretty Whatever. big deal, yeah, exactly. Too. Everything, and so it's kind of a, like, no, we're not too anything. We're just mm-hmm. the right amount. Stop trying to confine mm-hmm. us and try, stop trying to put us in a box and telling us to be a certain amount of whatever. Right. So I like cool. that. Yeah. I like that. That's exactly what young girls need to hear. Mm-hmm. So now in society, I think in America we're seeing women of Indian descent. Mm-hmm. You, Priyanka, mm-hmm. Mindy, mm-hmm. Um, Padma. But growing up, did you see Indian women around? Did I mean, you see women that looked like you besides your family? In Bollywood movies, obviously, right. <laughs> I grew up with Bollywood movies, but in Western culture, definitely not. It's you know, it's interesting. This is where I'm gonna. I hope it's okay if I get super candid, but it's Girl. so good that we're so we we prioritize diversity so much. And I think that's really great. Diversity is amazing, but in some ways, it's also almost made my life a little harder. If I'm being honest, because I also feel like diversity has turned into a checklist people need for certain projects, and so. I'm being completely honest. Sometimes I get gigs because it's like, hey, we need a we need a we colored need person Indian to be girl. in this. But for someone who auditions, the oh, token. you're saying sometimes you're the only woman of color on no, set. No, I'm saying sometimes if there's one woman of color, there's not room for another woman of color mm, because it. It, this idea of like we need this to be diverse. Oh, you're here. It's diverse now. And and the perfect example is auditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, if I audition for a role prior to everyone talking about diversity it was like hey we want someone to do this role great everyone come in right and now that diversity is such a thing which is great i'm gonna preface with is great but now they'll be like we need this role to be a brown person right and once that brown person is fulfilled it's- none of the other roles are gonna be a brown person that's the reflection of the real world that's mm-hmm. what the real world looks exactly. like exactly especially you know me the names you mentioned those are the names i always think of i'm like if i go into an audition and brianca auditioned for this then you're screwed like there's no way i'm gonna get this right but you're also different and it's like why couldn't you all be in the same film together that that does suck because i do feel like when i'm on set i'm the only big girl Mm -hmm. and if there are other other big girls we're all naked because they have to make a statement and i get it it's like everyone's trying their best they're trying to be inclusive kudos to that we're going in the right direction but specifically in terms of auditioning i've just noticed where it's like if there's a brown girl already part of this cast, there's no way I'm going to get this. Yeah. So, you know. Wait, but you were just in Fahrenheit 451. I was. It was a small cameo in it, but I was in it. Okay. I'm very yes. grateful. Um, were there any other Indian people in it? No. Michael you- B. Jordan was the lead. Yep. Um, was there any other Indian people? Mm, there weren't that many main characters to begin with, but there were no other Indian okay. people. Okay. But there was a, a very diverse yeah. cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. But okay. I also heard how incredible it was. Did you? Did you have a lot of fun filming it? I, okay. Here's, here, I, yes and no. Okay. Yes, because Michael B. Jordan and Mike Shannon are amazing. Okay. I mean, getting to watch Mike Shannon act, he, he came up to me one day and he complimented me and I 
freaked out. Really? Because he's so stoic and he's very in role and he's in his character and no one really like talks too much to Mike Shannon because he's in his own. And he came up to me one day and he said, you know, I just want to let you know that you're being a real trooper on set and you're being a real professional. And I'm like, and he complimented me and just walked away. And it was the greatest experience on that set. Michael that's B. Jordan. The best ex- that's oh, the best compliment you can it's get. It's because, and this goes back to why it was a little difficult. So my character completely changed oh. from what I auditioned from. Oh. She, I guess. What was the be, audition? The audition was super loud, super outspoken, super funky. Even the way she dressed was super funky. Hello, you. Yeah, pretty much me. Pretty much me. And then the director was like, and he, and he admitted it. He said, it doesn't match everything else I've shot. For this movie. So she completely did a 180 and got very stoic and very serious. And so I had to do wardrobe twice. I had to like change all my lines, learn all my lines twice. And so it was a very difficult experience. And I think Mike picked up on that. And that's why he came and complimented me. So you were prepping to be yourself. And then now here you are on set and you have to be a whole other person. Was that difficult? It was super difficult and super intimidating because... Again, next to Mike Shannon, a lot of my scenes are with Mike Shannon, and I'm already nervous trying to, you know, <laughs> be as awesome as he is. And so it was, not to mention it was all night shoots in the cold in Toronto. Oh, yeah. that's casual. Yeah, Aggressive. it was 6 p.m. to like 8 a.m. every day. Oh, that's why you're on this insane schedule. Like, <laughs> no, that's you just were me. Just, she was just telling me off camera mm-hmm. that she could work until 8.30 a.m. and be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That's just you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were thriving at least in But that not aspect. in the cold. I can't do cold. Oh. <laughs> I can't do cold Toronto that's cold. That's why she doesn't move do to New York. Right. Right. Even get me started. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because Lily and I have gone back and forth about New York versus LA. And I'm not an LA fan and you love I'm it here. Not a New York fan. Right. I'm not a New York fan. <laughs> How? Okay. In small doses, perhaps. I mean, like the smallest of doses. Is it because it's so like crazy and like yeah, fast paced? I'm very susceptible to energies, I feel. And every time of first of all, to be fair, every time I've gone to New York has been for work for a short amount of time in like Times Square. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. been crazy, but it's like the drivers well, are so aggressive. We hate Times Square. Ugh. Hate it. But the drivers are so aggressive. No, they're not. The you know what? They can so actually drive. The drivers in LA can't drive. I only drive. ever get car sick in New York. And I'm talking, I've been everywhere in the world and still only New York. Car sick in New York. I could be on a rickshaw in the middle of a river in India and I would not get as car sick as I do in New York. Legitimately. <gasps> oh my God. Um, so are you going to get into acting? Yes, I do want to get more into acting. I do... Try, I try my best to audition. Um, I'm also into writing and directing and producing as well. So I, a few months ago, I started my own production company. Ah! Which I'm hoping, thank you. Which I'm hoping kind of lets me take the reins a little bit. Because I come from a world that's so create yourself and the rules are a little different. Mm-hmm. When I do have to go into an audition and, and go through that very archaic traditional process, I find it super frustrating. Yeah. I did just do an NBC pilot, which okay. I loved. It didn't get greenlit. It's okay. I loved it. Don't you hate doing pilots and they don't get picked but up? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I loved it. I had a great experience. But I'm like, let me get this straight. You're going to spend all this money, take hmm. all this time for something that may or may not happen... That, let's be real, some old guy is going to make the decision about. Yep. It's like a super frustrating process. You can process. say it, an old white man. An old white man, there it is, <laughs> going to make the decision about. It's true life. It is. And I come from a world where I get You're millions the, of views. And yes. it's because I know what I'm talking about. Yes. I know what my audience wants to watch. I'm in tune right. with my audience. So, you know, when you have a show that you really believe in and then some dude's like, nah, I don't think kids want to watch this. It's like, how I the know. hell do you know? Right? <laughs> I have 14 million subscribers. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? So I, I, I started my own production company in hopes that I could take the reins a little bit. And I have so- to say, as a businesswoman, the one thing that I have learned and, and I still have to remind myself is nobody's going to do it except you. Mm-hmm. And have you had to learn that the hard way or have you just always taken the bull by the horns? 
I think a combination of both. I've always been that person, you know, growing up, I was always like, I want to do this my way or like, yeah. I know I can do this myself. But I think my life has, the stars have super aligned of everything I've done. Before I did YouTube, I was a dance captain. Oh. I was a, yeah, Excuse I was a captain me? of a co-ed Bhangra team. Hello? I'm a Bhangra, I'm a Bhangra dancer, no big deal. But that experience, I, you know, and, and that was me being like, I'm going to turn this into a business and we're going to be the biggest dance company in the world. And all my dancers <laughs> are like, chill out, bro. This is like <laughs> a side gig. And but I always get carried away with things like that. And I think the thing I learned from that experience was- I'm just imagining you dance. Oh, that's no. why I just kind of like went into like the and silent- And that's why she like, laughed. She's like, I imagine you dance. And then I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but that experience taught me that you can't force 20 people to care about something, mm. but you can control yourself caring about something. Mm. And so I super care about what I do. Mm-hmm. And I hope it shows in everything. And that's why she's got a production company, people. Yes. Are you going to do some rom-coms? Uh, I want to do all the things. Right now what we're focusing on is comedy, horror, because I think comedy and horror are very similar. Yep. Uh, animation and a little bit of reality. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Rom-coms are having this like resurgence now. Did they ever die though? I mean, I don't know. Not like, in Meg my life. Ryan, where are you? <laughs> where are you in your orgasm? I feel like, you know what has really stepped up? Horror. I really? feel like in television and movies, like just horror has really stepped okay, up. Okay, do you watch Black Mirror? I do watch Black Mirror. I, I binge watched it. What else do you watch? Um, oh, The Sinner was good. I just watched The Sinner Holy as well. Holy So good. That was such a good comeback so good. for her. I love American Horror Story yes, as well. Yes, yes. Um, even like with the movies that have come out, Hereditary and just like all the things I haven't seen Hereditary. Doing, it's just, it's evolving so much and I really dig it. So we're going to see Lily Singh doing some. I want to die or kill people, yeah. Oh, oh. all right. I think I want to kill people. Yeah, no, I want to do both for Can sure. Can I be in one? For and sure. And I want to kill someone. And I think it's also because of my hair. I feel like it lends itself well to a to lot of horror the movies. The ring. Exactly. I right. wouldn't need the. Think about how much money you would save because you wouldn't need to prep my hair. You, I wouldn't need a wig. I'm born to be in a horror movie. Okay. I need That's a wig. That's what it is. Half of this is a wig. <laughs> this, this is not me. This is not homegrown. Hey, someone else grew it and then I bought it. Probably one of my cousins in India. Probably. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you. Okay, I want to talk about Ecuador. Do it. I mean, first of all, your Insta stories are freaking bonkers. Thanks. I try really hard. I mean, seriously. <laughs> first of all, you have so much energy all the time, and you're like, What's up? I ate maggots. But I didn't eat maggots. Okay, first of all, what happened? What happened with the maggots? Okay, so first of all, we're saying I can't I can't stress enough how in the middle of the Amazon jungle we are. Yeah. We're the main method. How did you get there? It, oh, it was a trek, girl. Okay. Bring so, us bring us okay, there. Okay, okay. We're in LA. Okay. We fly to San Salvador. Okay. That's our stopover. Then we fly to Quito. So the first flight to San Salvador is like four or five hours. Okay. And you have a stopover there, which is super short. Oh, so no. So this the only way to get there is with these super tight connections. With like, your stopover is 20 minutes. Well, you may or may not get your luggage. Like, truly. So then from San Salvador. And you Salvador, checked your bag. Of, co- of course. I'm in the oh, jungle, girl. I so then bags. we go to Ecuador. That's, that's two flights now. We land in Ecuador. We spend the night. The next morning, we take a small plane to Coca. So okay. that's third flight. And then once you land, the only way to get to the lodge is a two-hour canoe ride. No. What? Yes. The With main, all your bags? Mm-hmm. No. The main method of transportation is the Napo River via canoe. So it takes a very long time to get there. It takes a long there. time to get there. So You're you in better the have of the coffee. Jungle. 100%. Oh my well, they have something called Wayusa there. What which is, is like that? these leaves that they brew and it's supposed to be like stronger than tear coffee. Did you try it? Yeah. It was what did it do dope. to you? 
It's just like an energy drink, a natural oh. energy drink. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not like going to get you high. No, like, no, 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 no. Like that, like that like drug ayahuasca? that everyone. Yeah. No, 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 no. Have you done that? No. Okay. I'm too scared to do things like that. I'm like, I like to be in control. <laughs> I get it. You know? I get it. You want me to get you some leaves? Yeah, I want some leaves. Yeah. Okay. Why you so? But we go there and there's these maggots that have been in this tequila for a while. And I'm not, I, I know what you're thinking when you say maggots. You're thinking of these cute little small ones in LA? No. No. no they these were, were Amazon jungle. Ugh. Fat maggots. They were oh. juicy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They were wet. Yeah. Oh. And so when my DP, my uh, videographer, he's like, yeah, I'll eat one. And so how you eat how it and it's you, on my no. How do you volunteer no. for this? Because they're like, who's going to eat this? And he's like, I have testosterone. Let me do this. No, he's super sweet. But how you eat it is first you have to bite the head off. No. Then you have to suck the insides out. Oh, suck it. And so the string of guts are basically down his chin at this point. And I'm like, I'm like puking while I vlog this. And then you eat the rest of the body. And you have to chew it. And he did it like a champ. No, he actually, he swallowed. Yeah. He's a swallower. (laughs) What what does it taste like? He, well, it was dipped in tequila. So he said tequila. Oh. But if you watch the vlog, like you see the guts of the maggot all over him. It's It's, a whole thing. It's like on another level. He's so cool. So you didn't go to Ecuador to eat maggots. I did not. (laughs) I went with We Charity, um, who's an organization I work with all the time. I adore them. I love them. And every year for my birthday, I do a campaign where I sell Rafikis, like this one, and a necklace. It's Girl Love, which is my campaign, and We Charity combining. And the proceeds go towards helping girls' education. So the cool thing is, in my past two birthdays, the proceeds have gone to girls in Kenya. And this year, they're going to girls in Kenya, Ecuador, and India, which is why I went to Ecuador. So I could see firsthand exactly where they go. What's up with Ecuador? So in Ecuador, I mean... Their circumstances environmentally are very challenging, whether okay. it's flooding or whether it's you know super, super hot right. or they don't have access to clean water. And so there's a lot of challenges when it comes to schools. Also like access to schools. Sometimes and it's like a 45 minute canoe ride. that you 45 have to, minute yeah. canoe ride just yeah. to get to school. Mm-hmm. What made you go to Ecuador? Like you just had a heart for it or? Well, I'm a really big believer of if I'm going to support a campaign, I need to see how the money is handled firsthand. Okay. And so my previous two birthday campaigns, like I mentioned, were in Kenya. Yep. Been to Kenya twice. I consider it like a third home. I know the girls there. I've seen the schools. I know the programs. But I wanted to expand the impact. And so visiting Ecuador, I'm able to just answer questions more knowledgeably about where that money goes. And India, I'm I'm kind of innately familiar with as well. And so I just want to be prepped to know what exactly I'm working on. Uh, that's you know? noble of you. Thank you. Okay, so you've got we mm-hmm. and you went to Ecuador mm-hmm. and you're also a UNICEF ambassador. Yes. And I you am. have Safe to Learn. Mm-hmm. And how did that all begin? So I've been a UNICEF Global Goodwill Ambassador for a year or two now. And okay. we're trying to figure out the best way for us to work together because okay. I love storytelling. I have a young audience. They try to connect with young people. So we're trying to marry those two things. I went to South Africa with them recently and did one of their first ever youth talks, which is basically just sitting with a group of youth and being like, hey, instead of a bunch of adults telling you what you need and telling you what your problems are, why don't you tell me what your problems are? And that's such an important part of the conversation Mm -hmm. because so often kids Mm -hmm. are like, yo, all these adults are making decisions for us. They don't Mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to make decisions about kids, kids should be at the table. And so I learned just all these issues that the youth in South Africa deal with and we're hoping to do youth talks around the world. I love that. Yeah, just to learn about what the issues are so that we can take that information, organize, and try to make some real change in terms of policies and government. This is exactly what kids need. They need to hear from people who are 
a little bit older than them mm-hmm. that have been through similar situations that are in a very similar um, generation that are like mm-hmm. they understand social media, they understand the hate, mm-hmm. they understand someone who uh, can speak freely with them about government. So I think this is great. Or that also, you're doing just this. like because admittedly, a lot of the issues I hear about are things I also cannot relate to. You know, I can't relate to getting abused by a teacher in a classroom mm. as frequently as some of the youth around the world mm. do. You know, if I ever hear about that, it's like, through the grapevine, this happened and I see it on the news. But these kids are like, no, in my class, it happens all the time. What do you say to those kids? I mean, it's it's a lot of weight. You know, yeah. I think it's important to just listen. I yeah. don't try to say much because I don't have a viewpoint that can offer anything because I'm not in their circumstance and I don't want to pretend like I am in their circumstance. You just are the big sister. Yes. So I listen and then I think about, you know, when, when it was all said and done and all the youth leave, I sit with UNICEF and I think, well, what can we do mm-hmm. to, in a real way, to implement some of these changes? Mm-hmm. Call to action. Mm-hmm. Okay, so talking about social media, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the haters. The and, haters. And hey, hey, haters, we hear you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Dars? Dars hates the haters. Um, but really? Yeah. You don't love the haters? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll go toe-to-toe. Let's Darcelle do this. has had her own, um, you know, hate on social media as well. Incident. Who yeah. hasn't, though? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting when it first happens to you and you don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to do. So I feel like in interviews, I'm always getting asked, what do you do about the haters? Like, how do you handle them? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you just handle them. Mm-hmm. Because now I feel like I've got this shield on where, like, you can shoot me and, like, nothing's going to penetrate. Yeah. But for all the people out there that it does penetrate and it does hurt— how how do you handle that? And what do you tell your audience? Well, let me start by saying that I've been doing internet content for eight, nine years now. And right. I have a really thick skin. Having said that, the right hate comment can still penetrate me. And so wow. if you're feeling impacted, don't think something is wrong with you. The right crafted hate comment can definitely bug you. Even yeah. me. Sometimes I'm like, I'm invincible. I got so many things going on. Someone will say something. I'm like, oh! <laughs> How dare you? My self-esteem. What so, is it usually that like hits you? It's not, is it not, is it looks? Is it I your intelligence? Is I think it, it, first of all, if it's anything to do with my family and friends, uh, that jabs oh, right trigger. I can't. 1,000. I can't do that. Oh, Darcel's um, eyebrows went up to here. I've had some, you know, I was really close to my grandfather and he was in a lot of my videos and then he passed away. Oh. And sometimes every once in a while, an evil person will make a comment about it. Like, oh my yeah, gosh. just being like, this just is so ridiculous. Your grandfather wouldn't be proud of you. And they'll say stuff like that. And that really, no. like, I could kill someone in that moment. But what I've okay. learned is two things. One is, this is where the psychology degree comes in a little bit. Hello. Is, do you wake up and write mean things on people, stuff on the internet? No, because you're a happy person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume right. your answer was no. Um, um, it is no. Okay, great. And I feel like well-adjusted, happy people don't do that. Right. You know, they don't wake up and be like, I'm going to write something mean about someone on the internet. They right. don't because they're busy. They're busy doing things. Yeah. And I feel like someone who does write negative things, they're really telling their story, not yours. Mm-hmm. They're telling a story about, I'm not happy where I am. I need to have an outlet for my hate and my anger somewhere. And so I'm choosing you. The second thing is, and this is just a practical tactic, aside from all that like fairy tale BS I just said. <laughs> I told you this before we started as well. Yeah. If I see a hate comment, because I'm not going to lie, I'm a pretty witty person and I can be sassy. If I see a hate comment, I will type up a savage response. Oh. Like, savage. I'm talking like, I will end you. And then I'll delete it. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I won't send it. And I won't send it because it actually accomplishes the same relief. Right. I wrote oh. it. I know how smart I am. I'm like, oh, 
That's really smart. And then I delete it. That's how I forgive people. Mm-hmm. Like if I really need to forgive someone, I write them a letter. I don't send it, mm-hmm. but it's like that weight that's lifted it off of your you shoulders. Think that those things are mostly for yeah. you. I have to say, I totally agree about if you're coming and waking up and you're putting mm-hmm. comments of negativity. Mm-hmm. There was a girl who wrote something on one of my, on, uh, I had done something for Women's Equality Day. Mm-hmm. And she goes, So much to hate on there. Uh, I write. And she came <laughs> on, she's like, How dare you talk about women equality? You you and all the women in this photo were probably oh. bullies growing up. You probably bullied women I like, saw that. White, like me, I was right? so upset. So I was actually feeling for her that day. She caught me in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And I said, whatever her name was, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that you feel this way. Um, and, and I said something that was very uplifting. And I mm-hmm. said, I hope that you were able to express your thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. on my page. But just know... Um, forgiveness and mm. letting go are the two biggest things that I had to learn about. Mm. And that's how you can get past this. She wrote back, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and release my hate on your mm-hmm. page. I feel better now. Right. What? And it's like, you though it's like you can't you don't get a therapist. You come on someone else's page mm-hmm. and you write hate. I think that if more people were able to express how they don't hate this, this mm-hmm. is just a feeling and a concern they have or whatever, or maybe it's a past emotion mm-hmm. and they can say, this is how I did feel, Instagram would be a different place. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's never going to happen, unfortunately. Of course it's not, but we can but talk about it. 100%. We can talk about our hopes. I've, every time I've ever caved and have responded, I was thinking about making a video about this, actually following the journey of responding to haters. hmm I'm going to say 99.9. And this is not just me saying this to prove Like literally statistically, I think 99.9% of the time, the response I get is, oh my God, Lily, I was just kidding. I love you so much. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Or it's like a, they delete their comment. You know, it's, they don't actually mean what mm-hmm. they're saying. It is 100% about them and what they are dealing with in And their they life. just need some attention. 100%. It's just like when you go onto that, uh, you watch that uh, show Catfish on MTV mm-hmm. and then they're like, I just wanted love. Yeah. I can't believe that still happens. Yes. After that show especially. I'm I like, know. You don't I get it? think about it, you <laughs> know what would be so good? Fake Instagram accounts meant for people to go and put hate comments on. Just to get no, just to I think release. that there are like robot accounts that go and like say like fa- just the word fat. <laughs> no, but I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying there should be accounts designated for people to go and release their emotions oh. towards them. So say all your hate comments to these fake accounts that are not real people. So this is their platform. No, yes. but they like to do it to celebrities. Well, stop being so fabulous. <laughs> what the hell do you want me to say? <laughs> Okay, so in every episode of Pretty Big Deal, we talk about a person or initiative that's really changing their world or the world we live in. Today, we want to honor Steph Curry. So he, yes, first of all, hi, Steph Curry. First of all, Steph Curry. (laughs) (laughs) No disrespect, Aisha, but hi, Steph. (laughs) We could go on a double date. Um, So he wrote an op-ed in the Players' Tribune um, for Women's Equality Day. And he had to say this, which I thought was so inspirational. He said, I want our girls to grow up knowing that there is no boundaries that can be placed on their futures, period. I want them to grow up believing that they can dream big and strive for careers where they are treated fairly and paid equally. Preach, Steph, because mm-hmm. that, that's all we want, too. And it's interesting because here he is. He's a father of, I think it's three now, no. but he's at least got yeah, two girls. two girls. And yeah, a boy yeah. now, yeah. right? Yeah. But he, he even admitted now... 
he actually, he gets it. He understands that women don't have the the same opportunity. And um, sometimes that's just what it takes mm-hmm. is popping out a few babies yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> figuring it out or being a woman. Um, so I'm really, I'm, I'm proud of him and I'm proud of, that is super of, dope. of what he's doing, especially in such a male dominated world that he lives mm-hmm. in. Thank you, Do you, you know Steph? Steph? Um, I don't know him personally. I know, of course, I know of the Steph Curry, <laughs> but I don't know him personally. But I know many people who have worked with him, and they have nothing but great things to say about him. And Aisha is mm-hmm. a gem. She's beautiful mm-hmm. and so sweet. Mm-hmm. Big up yourself. Um, all right, I want to. I want to do a little rapid fire with okay, you. Okay, let's do it. You like a rapid fire? Love it. I feel like these are pretty fun. All right, so I'm going to say pretty You're big. Fun. You're so funny. Like you. You're so pretty. You I keep looking at I you. Like, like you. She's so pretty. I have a good energy. I feel a good energy. <sighs> So do you. Okay, I'm going to say pretty big and you're going to, and I'm going to say a word and mm-hmm. you can just, whatever you feel. Okay, I kind of get it, but we'll see. We'll just, <laughs> yeah, we'll it. just throw you into it's the deep end. Okay. Here you go. Here's some floaters. Okay, pretty big hero. Dwayne Johnson. Okay. Oh, I love him. Love him. He's pretty hot. <laughs> um, pretty big character. Me. Okay, yes. I like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty big destination. India. Oh, I really want to go there, by the way. And I feel like I need to go there with a friend. So maybe we can talk about that. I'm in. Pretty big junk food. An entire frozen pizza. Oh, I love Ooh. frozen pizza. I eat it all the time. My husband's judging me right now. Eat it yeah. all the time. In judgment face. In between I my too. two glasses of water. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty big lyric flow. Oh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, do you have do you have a favorite lyric? Well, you know what? I just did a parody. I know. I saw it. I know. Where I, because he has a song called DNA, where yeah. I'm like, if Kendrick Lamar were your biology teacher, yes. so instead of his DNA song, goes, I got, I got, I got, I got molecules, got all the tools inside my DNA, got a sugar group, got double loops inside my DNA. So <laughs> yeah. It's like me teaching biology using Kendrick's lyrics. So through mimicking his flow, I was like, damn, he's really good. <laughs> you are a witty son of a. All right. Pretty big recommendation. Anything. Ashley Graham. Aww. Pretty big motto. Your past does not define you. It is part of who you become. Oh, yes. Lily. Preach. All right. What's going on? What's next for you? Uh, A lot of things are next. Well, right now in this month of September, definitely my birthday campaign. Can I do a little self-plug? Is that fine? No, this is your moment. Self-plug. It's my girl love campaign. It's my birthday campaign, so girllove.com will be selling these Rafikis and necklaces. All the proceeds, none of them go in my pocket. They all go towards girls' education. Wow. So I'll be putting all of my promotional power behind that campaign. My production company, like I said, I want to tell real good stories yes. with real people of the world. Yes. I don't care how many colored people in the video. I don't care how many people of different sexual orientations or religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell good stories mm-hmm. that are reflections of the real world. So, And then I just want to stay happy. That's the real thing. It's like when you're in this industry and you're so tired and you're getting pulled in every direction, like at the end of the day, you're not having fun. You're not happy. Does it even matter? Seriously. Does it even matter? And I know that sounds kind of fairy tale-ish, but as someone who's just been, I'm sure you can relate, who's been exhausted, Mm -hmm. there's been days where I've won an award, had a billboard up, met my idol, then I've gone home and haven't even been able to process it because I'm Mm -hmm. like, gotta do something else now. Exactly. Because you're always on to the next thing. So it's like, 
my main thing to focus on is being present and making sure I'm actually enjoying the journey. That's the biggest thing. And not just mindlessly on the journey. I have to say, if I don't wake up with gratitude in the Mm -hmm. morning or go to bed with it, my next day is affected. Gratitude. Yeah. Recipe to success. It's a big, big deal. For success and happiness. Thank you, Lily, for being on here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And to the whole crew, that's so awesome that y'all can't see behind the scenes. (laughs) Thank you, Darcy Linda. De nada. My right hand. And thank you to all of our sponsors. All right, let me know what you guys thought of the podcast and what topics you want to hear me cover. Don't forget to leave a comment at hashtag pretty big deal on Instagram or Twitter. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast for free. Just search for pretty big deal on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, any podcast app, you guys, you'll get every single new episode automatically. And then you can listen to it in your own phone wherever and anytime. And before you go, I want to take a minute and tell everybody about my gal pal Amy Schumer's podcast, Three Girls, One Keith. It's hilarious. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a guest on the show this season. Check it out. It's available on Spotify free and premium right now. Um, All right. I'm Ashley Graham. Remember, you are bold, you are brilliant, you are beautiful, and you rock. Love you guys. Bye. 